What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by a 120 Power Star rating. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and the doors to episode 175 are open. This week on the show, we're talking about Bryce's Pokemon history for the 25th anniversary of the Pokemans. And there's a really nice looking Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter Switch that was announced. Mm. Looks very nice. And uh, it has us salivating at the mouth. Oh, you can audibly hear Bryce salivating. And uh, yeah, joining me is Bryce DeWitt. It's good, yeah. good to have him back. You said Bryce enough in the intro. You never thought I'd be on the show. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, who, who is it? Who's joining him? Oh, it's him again. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> it's uh, Bryce uh, Shiny Charizard V DeWitt. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm. It's going to stick forever now. I have to wear it like a badge. Hey, that's not a bad thing to have, man. It's better than uh, what the kids called me at school. They called me awful things. No, not really. No. No. You had a pretty pretty casual school life. Yeah, you know, you got got some bullies that, like, you know, got in there. Oh, Pokemon nerd. Oh, you Pokemon nerd. It's like, well, what do you do at home? It's like, oh, I drive trucks and I play PlayStation 2 and I also play Pokemon. It's like, well, what are you talking about, mate? Jesus, you're just trying to bully me. Put yourself up on a pedestal. You know better than me, mate. And that's oh. what I learned when I got older. But at the time, it really did dig in, bros. Yeah, yeah. It really did. Kids are just weird, man. Kids are weird. They're yeah, weird. you've got two. They're weird, aren't they? Yeah, they can be weird. They can be weird. They can be weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, man, how's your week been? It's been uh, it's good to see you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's all right, I suppose. Yeah, first first week on the one job, which is, you know, different. Yeah, is it nice? Yeah, a bit more yeah. relaxing? Uh, yeah, to a degree. I don't have to stress so much about what I'm doing, you know later so mm. that's good i get to go home and chill out and still waiting back on my tafe results but that shouldn't be a problem anyway no big deal um you, you got to figure out whether you got 99 percent, 100 percent, or 110 percent. well i don't even think i need that I, I don't think um the test that i had to do uh i don't think it's actually actually i don't think it involves any requirements of well, okay. Let, let's put it this way. That <laughs> that test is meant to sort of just figure out where you're at and whether you'll need assistance in learning. Um, but some of the portions are required a pass for certain subjects. I don't think there's any uh, parts in there that are required for IT just because just flicking through those tests, I'm like, nothing here at all is relevant to what I'm doing in IT. So, Yeah. It's just basic knowledge. It's school all over again. Learning stuff which isn't 100% relevant. <laughs> well, it wasn't, wasn't even necessarily learning. It was just sort of testing on your already latent knowledge, I guess. But yeah, um, either way, I've got a seminar next week to attend. I'll do that. Uh, oh, a seminar, everyone. Oh, Bryce is attending a seminar. <laughs> no, that, 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 that's online, so that's no big deal. Big old oh. Zoom call or oh. whatever. So I'll do that. And then, yeah, after that. I'm, you have your suit. I your seminar? Your tape seminar? No. No. <laughs> I'll probably put the camera on of yours that's still at my house and point it at my face. And as far as I'm concerned, I could be in my birthday suit. And then Ooh. it wouldn't matter, would it? Oh, it might matter if you're in your birthday suit. Well, if I've got it pointed at my head, I'm sure we'll be fine. So I've just got to make sure I don't knock it over and go, whoopsie. So, <laughs> like, mate, I don't see a collar around your neck. Are you wearing no shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. 
maybe I'm just a big fan of no shoulder shirts. No shoulder shirts. Mm. Mm, could be. Mm. Who knows? So, Bryce, we're finally in February. The celebrations for Pokemon 25 have started. Mm-hmm. And uh, just in general for you know with the Pokemon company, but here at the House of Mario as well. And... Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much we've talked about it before, but we are going pretty hardcore for the celebrations for uh, the Pokemon's 25th year anniversary, uh, mm. especially over on the House of Mario Encore feed. So the House of Mario Encore, it's our second podcast where we post more evergreen content, whether it's uh, you know discussions with us two or solo podcasts or anything like that. Um, that's where all that lives. So we're going to be going hard with that over the next few months. We're going to have three episodes a week, Bryce. Yes. So uh, you know. A lot of epi- That's a lot of episodes, but the thing is, if you don't like Pokemon, you can ignore it. You've still got the main show over here where we talk about all the new stuff. Yeah. Because there's so much new uh, Nintendo stuff going on at the moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> I was mm. a little bit sarcastic about that, but um, with yeah, Mario 3D World and stuff coming out, we'll have that to talk about again. Yes. Six years later on the Switch. <laughs> Hooray! I'll play through Bowser's Fury and then probably forget about it. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that looks pretty cool too. And the previews have sort of uh, come out for that. The embargoes have dropped and I see like Vooks and a few other places have posted their sort of impressions of it. And apparently, apparently, you know, our sort of inkling was right. It is going to be like a six-hour type of uh, ordeal to get through. So mm. kind of what we expected. Yep. Um, Three to six, I think they said. Yeah, so that's okay. That's okay. Depending on how good you are at Mario, I suppose. Yeah, like it would probably take you one because you are... Oh, Hard, I'm so pristine. You're a hardcore gamer. Mm, yeah, big speedrunner, man. Yeah. Ha-ha. Uh-huh. I'm not really. Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah, so anyway, I've got it written here just so I don't miss any points here, people. But basically, each uh, week on the House of Mario Encore, we're going to be having different types of episodes on different days. So on Mondays, I'm going to be going through um, like each region, uh, listening to all the iconic music throughout the region and sort of um, putting my own experiences of my first time playing the games and with, whether it's with friends or all that. So looking forward to doing that. Obviously the first episode will be going through Canto, red, blue, and yellow, listening to the music from that going through looking f- and yeah, look forward to that and eventually getting to the gallery region in Pokemon sword and shield on Wednesday. It's going to be just tackling a Pokemon topic. So the first one's just going to be me discussing my top 25 favorite Pokemon and uh, on Fridays, we're going to have a different guest on each week just to talk about their Pokemon experiences, their memories, nostalgia, uh, things I love about it. Even, uh, you know, we can't help it sometimes. We're human beings. We're a bit negative sometimes, and sometimes we might bring up some criticisms we have of the Pokemon series. But at the at the end of the day, if uh, we're recording a podcast about the Pokemons and Nintendo or whatever, we generally love it. It's yeah. from a very warm place in our hearts. Yeah, yeah. Just because you're speaking negatively about something doesn't mean you hate it. No, I find usually it means I really like it. That's right. And I yeah, just want more want, for it. That's right. Yeah, you want to see it, uh, see it succeed. Yeah, that's Which why is- my mother is so disappointed in me all the time. She just wants better. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. But no, the, the thing is, though, is like you know that gets misinterpreted a lot. I feel, especially with things like Pokemon and all that, like. If we've ever talked bad about something on the show when it's regarding Pokemon, it's generally because we want better for it, not, you know, half-assed. We're just like, yeah, we're not here just for fun, just being like, oh, this sucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not quite that uh, that negative-minded necessarily. But anyway, yeah, if you're interested in that, go and subscribe to the House of Mario Encore. There's a link to 
you know, iTunes, Spotify, all that in the show notes. Go and check it out. Yes. It's also available as a video on my YouTube channel, iDruby. Go and check all that out. iDrobbles. iDrobble. iDrobbles. I don't know who uh, has the tag iDrobble, but it's not me. Mm, yeah. Maybe I should. Maybe I should change it. Maybe you should just trademark yourself. Yeah. And all the variations. iDrobbles, iDribbles, iDrews. iDrews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we have to trademark all the house of as well. The house of uh, fried rice, the house of... The house of lentils. Yeah, all the lentil. Mm, yeah, good old lentils. Nah, I've got nothing against lentils. <laughs> Who does? Yeah, yeah, Who does? Mm, mm, yeah. And the last thing I just want to put in the housekeeping as well is uh, if you are a big Pokemon fan like myself, Bryce people in our Discord, I would highly recommend jumping to the Discord and um, there's even an invite there if you would like to jump on the podcast to talk about Pokemon with me. I'm going to be doing a few community episodes with some of our big uh, Pokemon fans in the community as well. So mm-hmm. really looking forward to that. That is, um, We've done it in the past for episode 150 and oh, 100 as well, having uh, people that are in our community. So that's super special to me, having people on. So really looking forward to doing that in the coming weeks and a couple of months. Yeah. So, be Bryce, fun. what was you going to say, sorry? It'll be fun. It will be fun. God, it will be so much fun. Oh, you'll be beside yourself for fun. So, I'm going to date this episode a bit, Bryce, but it is a Saturday night. Yep, we don't usually great. record on the Saturday night. No, we don't. Uh, let's, let's crack a drink. We've got a Canadian club here. Delicious. Aha. Um, these got left over in my fridge. What was that? Your pee-hone. Oh, that was my phone falling on the floor. Lucky I installed carpet in this room. Otherwise, it might have made a louder sound. Mm. Bang. Anyway, I really need a drink. I'm getting a bit parched here. Mm. Oh. <sighs> yeah. Wonderful. Canadian club. It's wonderful. Delicious. Mm. So, Bryce, you've been a fan of the Pokemon series for multiple years, spanning oh. from when you were a little boy. So... What I've been asking people on Encore is like, basically, I ask people their age, so it's like, sort of get an idea of like when they were born and like what their first type of Pokemon game might have been and stuff. Mm-hmm. So how old are you and what was your first Pokemon experience with the anime, video games, etc., etc.? I'm 27, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you Damn. are. I'm, yeah, tw- I'm 26, is... you're a year older. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I'm 28 this year. And I have to think about these things, all right? I'm, that's, this is what happens when you have children. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I, I'm at the point now where I'm like, 26 i'm not at the point where i'm like oh i'm 20 i'm 26 aren't i <laughs> not quite there i've got it because you haven't had children yeah true <laughs> when you have children that that changes because you you think about them and you're like you know it's for example it's like oh it's evie's sixth birthday this year i'm like wait so <laughs> that makes me what when did i have my children um yeah anyway that's a whole nother layer but yes 27 <laughs> 27. Okay, we got there, everyone. 27. 27. And uh, what was your first Pokemon experience? Um, the anime. <laughs> yes, yes. I think that is the case. Um, mm. Have a drink, my friend. You need to... <laughs> yeah, I'm parched. <laughs> that was a lot of talking. Um, I think I think that was uh, the first experience for most of the people within our friendship group. It wasn't necessarily the game straight up. Mm. Um. Obviously, the anime was a massive time for all of us, I think, especially since we were all into our morning slash afternoon cartoons and sort of everything attached to it. But Pokemon was probably the one thing, except maybe Dragon Ball Z was the other, that really stood out. And Mm. um, 
being that age and stuff like that, you know, uh, I was quite young and we had paid air TV. So I knew that the Pokemon movie was coming out and stuff like that by the time I'd been into it for a little bit. So, so you're lucky, like paid to air TV for like a kid with like obviously Cartoon Network with Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z, mm. all that stuff. That would have been an absolute dream. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But the problem with catching that every day as well is that a lot of those shows air around the same time as they did on casual TV. Unless you had like a Toonami or something like that on Cartoon Network, you get your Dragon Ball Z at late night and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess looking at it from the perspective is I followed the anime from that point and, you know, then we had like the scholastic book fairs and all that stuff where you oh. had had those little <laughs> yeah, novelizations or what have you. I completely forgot about them. I used to read them all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, there was them as well and I... The first thing that I ever saved up, saved up and bought was the Pokemon first movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was a bit of a little experience. I still remember that I thought I was the richest kid in the world because I had $20 for this Pokemon movie. Mm. And I thought it was... I can't remember if I bought mine. I was so... Like, I was like four at the time. Surely I didn't have 20 bucks. Yeah, well... <laughs> I don't I mean, know where I would have got that from. I was five and I, I, I did jobs around the house and earned it. And, like, it was a cathartic little experience of like, oh, look, I earned this sort of thing. So that was cool. Um, It wasn't until... Jesus, I think even after that that I first got into a Pokemon game and that was on a pocket and I borrowed red. Yeah, so you borrowed it off of a friend. That's how you got your hands on it? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and I played through it. It's a bit weird seeing the sprites as they were back then, you know, in comparison to looking at them in the anime and being like, oh, this is like drastically different. Why is Blastoise like the size of two sumo wrestlers stuck together with glue and... (laughs) Why does Charizard's face when when it's on your party look like it's I don't know gone through some, gone through and seen some shit? Yeah. yeah, that that was always so wacky for me. Like obviously, there's only like the certain amount of um, party sprites, where it's mm. like you know Pidgey and all the birds have the exact same bird sprite and like so on, so on. Mm. Always thought that was just weird. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. a limitation with the Game Boy and how much memory you can have on it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was very strange. But um like regardless, you know, that was the first time I played and I didn't really get ultra stuck into the games until um Gold Silver Crystal. And Crystal was my favorite game for the longest time. How did you get your hands on that? Did you buy that? No, present? same thing. Same thing. Buy I never game. actually owned a Pokémon game until Emerald, wasn't it? Pokémon Stadium. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then Emerald. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'd played plenty of Pokemon through many sources, uh, but we weren't a, we were very, we were a very money tight family. So a lot of my experiences were borrowed, yeah, um, from other people at the time and people who had gone through it or gotten sick of it or just you know they sort of moved on, and um, yeah, uh, Red Red was my first experience, then followed by. I think it was silver um and then crystal and crystal ended up being you know like the mainstay uh best pokemon game for me up until black two white two mm. so um i a lot of a lot of my early memories uh, memories of pokemon and a lot, a lot of my best memories of pokemon are back then when all those things were exciting and you know when the red gyarados was a thing like I, I did. I had no idea at the time that all other Pokemon could be a different color. So I thought it was just like a unique thing to Gyarados, 
And I thought that was super awesome. But then, you know, moving on to the future, I realized it's like, oh, yeah. another Pokemon can be shiny. Because, like, you got to be extremely lucky to actually run into another one as well. Yeah. And especially back in those days where it was like, well, Jesus, the odds were like 12,000 to one, something like that. It was like 8,000 something. Was yeah. it? I feel like it was more back in those days, but it very well could have been. I'm not quite. But the other thing as well was um, transferring Pokemon from red, yellow, and blue to gold, silver, and crystal could be shiny, and you wouldn't even know it because yeah, they never really existed cool. back in those games. Um, the only way you could actually tell um, was based on, at least in recent times. I think it was also the same back in the day. But the only way you could tell if a Pokemon was shiny upon uh, pre pre transferring it from red, blue, and yellow to gold, silver, crystal was based on their stats. Yeah, which is really strange to think about. Um, but yeah, so I played crystal. Jesus, five times I think, like throughout the course of my childhood at least, and played it a few more times in my adulthood. Yeah. So was that at, at the actual time? When it was like the relevant game, or was that a yeah, bit later? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't until, uh, you know, Gen Gen Three where it was sort of like, I sort of phased out a little bit, but only because I did not have a Game Boy Advance at the time or whatever, and I had one bought for my birthday at some point, and I uh, bought Emerald with my own money, and that was the first Pokemon game I ever purchased, I guess, mm. with my own money. Um. And uh, what a good game to purchase, honestly. Easily one of the most well-rounded and covered games in the entire series, as we're both completely aware of. Yeah. I um, mean, I'm biased because <laughs> that was like my first region I went to. So I think everybody can be biased, but like even, mm. even thinking from a technological standpoint, like there was a really diverse end game and they'd really worked on how the Pokemon scene could be competitive and stuff like that. Like there was a lot, lot of meat to that game. Yeah. Um, Gen 3 brought a lot of improvements just like graphically, like the Pokemon looked like they were meant to and had like, um, natures and IVs and all of that stuff. What makes it a bit more complicated if you're looking for that type of depth yeah. um, in the battle system. And that just got improved you know, the generations that went on. So that's right. Yeah. It really did like, set uh i guess the next level of uh i guess construction for the rest of the series yeah yeah it did mm. and i mean uh we what we all played emerald pretty religiously for some time we're always doing the battle frontier or you know what have you um always checking for mirage island every day yeah never getting yeah anything. i never got it and did, did it really matter in the end it wasn't a fuck all <laughs> no it's just it's just like one of those things which is just I would like, like to so see it cool. for the mysticism. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Should just hack it in one day. Like, I finally done it when I'm 28 <laughs> years old or something. I, I did it. I already I, have. <laughs> have you? Yeah, just to see it. Yeah, I've never bothered. Because <laughs> the thing is, it's like, it, it's it's such a cool concept, but for it to for it to even pop up, it's even worse than shiny rates, and you have to check it every day. Every day. Like, it was, ah. Yeah, well, if you don't check it every day, you might potentially miss it. Mm, that's once, right. Once yeah. in a lifetime, she's gone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know anybody that's actually found it, mm. and you know, been on it without cheating. So just you, just yeah, you, just me. Yeah, but cheater. I cheated. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but um, yeah, and then I suppose moving on down the line, Gen Four was very weak for me. Like I played a lot of it still, but 
Um, I think at that point, my, my love for Pokemon was a bit stagnant and I stopped watching the anime quite some time before it. Mm. Um, so just, I guess, doubling down on that, why did you love around that sort of time period? Why did you feel a bit stagnant on the Pokemon series, just playing just other games? Or that's it? Just weren't, weren't enjoying the games as I, much? I wasn't, yeah. I mean, I was enjoying other things, but Gen 4 was also, in, and it still is, one of the weakest generations for me. I feel like... Um, you know, there's a lot of Pokemon to love in Gen 4, and I do love them, but I also think that they tried to focus way too hard on, um, I guess, how the world how the world can impede you. <laughs> because it does, like, Coronet is a maze, and then you've got stupid HDMs like Rock Climb and Defog that just, when you think about it, you're like, God damn it, why is this even a thing? And... Mm. Um, a lot of a lot of push seemed to be uh, on Gen One Pokemon getting evolutions, and some Gen Two Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, some Gen Two Pokemon got some really good ones, for example, uh, like Honchkrow, I guess. Uh, some Gen One Pokemon, not entirely sure. Yeah. Actually, I I remember feeling pretty negatively towards a lot of like the Gen One redos. Yeah. Yeah, but I've come around on pretty much all of them except for Licky 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 Licky. Yeah. Yeah, I think Licky Licky is a bit of a sore spot for most people. I think it's just too weird. And I think like the design for the Gen 1 the Gen 1 evolutions is so Gen 4. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like when when you think of them going back and redoing these things three generations later, you kind of expect like a design consistency, but they just look and feel Gen 4 in general. I th- I think that's kind of weird going from that I, I would have just liked to have seen them in probably a bit more of a design concept uh, and similarity to what it was in Gen One. Mm. Whereas you can you look at you look at them, you go, "That was definitely Gen Four, and that was the same for all of those like Pokemon from the past that got evolutions. Then that includes Honchkrow, uh, which again is a friggin' awesome uh, solution for Murkrow, but it's yeah, it's still a bit weird. Togekiss. Oh, I love Togekiss. I love Togekiss too, but what a fucking Gen 4 design. <laughs> like, I get it with, like, Rhyperia. Like, Rhyperia and Gen 4 design. Yeah, like, it looks... Like, I like Rhyperia, so, Rhyperia so quite I. a lot, but you can just, there's a lot going on design-wise. And, yeah, and you can tell it's a Gen 4 design. And, like, that's that that's where it was sort of like, okay, um, I'm not sure I, I really enjoy these rehashes of these old Pokemon because they feel like they tried to translate them to, hey, this is a Gen 4 Pokemon when it came from a Gen 1 Pokemon and it was just sort of, yeah, they didn't they didn't keep the same design concept that they did for the original designs. Yeah. And, like, I quite like uh, the sort of method they've got now, which is just, like, the Alolan forms, the, yes, the Galarian yeah, forms. Yes, I prefer that. Where they can just, like, completely change it, add evolutions, just really muck around with it. But Like Obstagoon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, But, like, if you're a big Zigzagoon fan or a, a Linoon fan, you can be like, you know what, they're still there. But there's just like this other version of it, which has this wacky evolution and yeah. stuff as well. But I mean, I don't, I don't have anything against it um, per se, like them introducing new evolutions later on. But I think they just need to stick to the design concept of the generation it came from, rather than trying to evolve it into a new generation where they're trying to work it around a similar design set. There. Yeah, I guess that's. Um, I haven't like brushed up on like, like Tangrowth. <laughs> I don't know what artists were like working on the Pokemon at the time. Yeah. If they were different artists or whatever, obviously if they're different artists, well, I'm sure it was somebody's were, dream to do that. 
like you know oh yeah could you imagine like, oh yeah. you know they, they and they and they achieved <laughs> it and it was like oh. oh my god cathartic for them and i'm happy for them and everything but i just yeah, it's just something about yeah that. i bet like in saying that gen 4 is that long ago now that no yeah, those, those it's Pokemon, literally yeah like, four generations ahead of that now yeah so they they sort of seem like old pokemon to me now so they are kind of like they do sort of work for me now uh, I, I still see Gen Four. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's hard to explain in in some context, but I, I, it does come back down to original design concept. Mm. But yeah, um, you know, Platinum was also good, and uh, it fixed a lot of um, general problems. I feel um, the game itself still remained pretty trudgy. It was a really long Pokemon experience, but I'm not sure if it was really long because of how much content was actually in it as opposed to was how much was actually in your way and you had to go off and do some other arbitrary little thing and then go back. Bit of both. <laughs> I, will, I will say Team Galactic is probably like one of the most terrorist organizations on the planet blowing up lakes. Like, yeah, literally. Yeah, mm. like literally just blowing them up with bombs and like, you know, real, realistically, they're a pretty fearful team. In fact, probably one of the more fearful teams out of all of them. They were literally resorting to terrorism. Yeah, and they've got some pretty mucked up plans with the legendary Pokemon actually literally influencing space and time and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. That's yeah. a bit much. Warping reality. Like, yeah. they were one of the most dangerous threats, and that made for, like, somewhat of an interesting story, especially in Platinum when you went to the distortion world and did all that, and that was cool. Yeah. It was really cool, yeah. Mm. But Gen 5 was where it really picked back up all for me again, and it, it's sort of been on my mindset ever since, I guess. Um, going into adulthood, um, it is a shame. Like, just sorry to inter- no, 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 interject no, no, here, no, but yeah. um, like with a uh, black and white, I just feel like it was still a DS game. They did just some tremendous stuff with it. Just yeah. like it, it pushed a DS to limits that it didn't think it could be pushed. It was just with um animated sprites and just like the 3D environments as like you know different angles and stuff as you're going through it. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like the hype wasn't as as there because it was the second generation still on the DS. Yeah. Especially so, so close to the 3DS. Mm. And I think everybody felt that. Yeah. And like e- even even myself, like, you know, it's like, yes, a new mm. Pokemon game. I did too. They look cool. Looking forward to it. But they're just, the hype wasn't quite there. And, um, but it turns out that these were, um, some serious gems. Yeah. Serious gems. And it's, I think it's the most effort and the most like, all right, let's kick some ass with these games. Game Freak has been in the whole series. Mm. Just with uh, how many Pokemon they introduced, they introduced 156 Pokemon yeah. in this game. So yeah. there's, you know, there's, uh, was it uh, five five more than the like the, the original games? Like that just shows how many Pokemon they introduced in this. And um, not all of them are just like knocks out the park, but you know what? Major- majority of them are. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, like Braviary, Crocodile, Lilligant, uh, Leaveny, mm. uh, even some of the ones people hate, like Garbo de Zorak. Yeah, he's, he's, Zoroark. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Don't going. forget Chandelure. I love Chandelure. Galvantula. Oh, my God. Yeah, you can just like... Clinklang. I like the Clinklang line. Yeah, too. he's pretty cool. <laughs> no, I, 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 I quite like Clinklang. And I think they, they did... Like give him a bit of uniqueness as well with gear shift and all that, and mm. like really made him, you know, something that was good for Gen Five. Um, dealing with the season changing Pokemon for those games was especially awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, seasons never come back, did they? No, it's sad because mm. I was so good. Why did they never come back? 
Imagine, so, imagine, imagine Sword and Shield, but with seasons. How much better? How much better? You got weather, but changes every day. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not seasons. But yeah, that's anyway. not seasons. That's not seasons. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So just like really, really great games. And what sort of captured you about them at the time? Like, what makes you say these are some of my favorite Pokemon games in the series? I'll, I'll be honest. Black two, white two were the ones that did it. Um, I understand everybody's grievances with black and white. Um, they are definitely not, I guess, the most polished games in terms of end game and and stuff like that as well. And they're not the best to go back and replay. Um, despite how much like you know, uh, Team Plasma and all that were a relatively good enemy. N is undoubtedly one of the best rivals slash villains, I guess, in the entire series. Mm. Um, I think the whole theme that's sort of centered around like animal welfare and all that stuff is, is huge. And the corruption underneath that with gets us and what he wants, you know, um, personally, I think that's one of the best stories I've ever told. And it's followed up with black two and white two, which is arguably the best Pokemon story they've ever told in the games. Definitely. Mm. Um, you know, with the opposing old team plasma, who are trying to make up for the wrongdoings that they've done and their followers of N who has realized his mistakes and he's sort of going forward or whatever. Um, but then you also have Neoplasma and Neoplasma are still followers of Getz still believe in the main goal and they want to, you know, wipe out the other side of Plasma, but also continue their original goal of ruling over Unova. And I think, um, you know, that was one of the most unique concepts that they had um, outside of like um, Team Magma and Aqua, where it was a fight between two teams who had who already had different ideals. And, you know, it was the sea versus the land, whereas these guys were all one group once. And when you talk to the NPCs in the game and stuff like that, you realize that like a lot of these people had friends and now they're in opposing groups fighting each other and... You know, they're often like, oh, I don't want it to be this way, but I don't believe what you believe in anymore. Yeah. And, you know, sort of stuff like that. And that made for really, uh, really such a quite intriguing story. Yeah. For for a, uh, a region that's based on America. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, uh, very timely in 2020, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Mm. But, you know, just overall, like in, that is that is awesome. And I think that's an awesome concept. Plus, you also had like a lot of returning characters through, I suppose, the mini game concept of the Pokemon World Championship and stuff like that. And just facing all those trainers again and stuff like that was just a big old nostalgia trip. And, you know, I like how for the third game, technically the third game, they reorganized the entire region. So you went through it differently the second time around and experienced a whole different way to do it, even with new towns and gym leaders attached to it. Um, yeah, it was excellent. Yeah, yeah, and like in interviews, Masuda basically said that like that Black and White Two was a game aimed at Pokemon fans that are a bit older. That's why there's returning characters. That's why there's a bit more depth, and that's why there was a a sort of a introduction to like an easy and a hard mode, which was introduced in a really dumb way. You had to basically yeah. basically have to finish the game, then give it to someone. It's like just put it in there at the start, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it's unfortunate. So I, I, ne- I could never do the hard mode or whatever, which I really wanted to do. Do like they made the gym leaders harder and mm, all yeah. that type of stuff. So yeah. no, like yeah, and then like with uh, X and Y, 
Yeah, that went in the complete the complete opposite direction where they were aiming for just like the mass market. But unfortunately, with that as well, they also you know they. It, with with Pokemon as as far as it's come, and like yes, I do understand. You know, people are still discovering Pokemon. Younger people are still discover uh, discovering Pokemon and stuff like that. But I don't think the experience is wasted when you sort of aim for that demographic in the middle ground. But they kind of just wanted to dial it back, and this is you know something that we'd completely blown out of water in in a day, and we were like, okay, what next? Like literally. We got through it in 23 hours. Most of it had stayed up all night. We had a party going for it, literally. And most of us had gotten to the end by the end of it. And you went and finished it with a Pikachu. And that's all you had on your team. Yeah, did a second playthrough. Apart from (laughs) HM Slaves, you you finished it with just a Pikachu. Like, there was some cool concept in it. Like, Mega Evolution was a cool concept, though unbalanced and outdated for the times and definitely not competitive friendly uh, to make see, it interesting yeah see mega kangas Khan um mm. you know it, a lot of cool concepts that were not executed correctly there was barren it was barren on end game there was no end game the third legendary being Zygarde did not even get any love until generation seven it was just there wasn't he he, just he went- was just there just went to a cave and oh, there he is. Oh, look, hey, it's Zygarde. What the hell is a Zygarde? And then it's like, cool, I guess we don't know about him. And then in Gen 7, they had a whole fucking fetch, fetch quest for him. Yeah, they just chucked it in the next games, yeah. That just shows you like how much that that game actually ended up appealing for the major market because it didn't, which is a real big surprise that they managed to sort of move forward into Gen 7 with the same mindset of like, oh, we need to appeal for the younger crowd. But... I just, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm lost with Sun and Moon. Um, and this is, you know, Sun and Moon is the reason I'm so wary, wary coming into Gen 8, I think. Yeah, we were, weren't we? I, I did not, like, I did not not enjoy them as much as you didn't. You enjoyed them a far lot less than I did. Yeah, it's like, because it took me two weeks to finish it. And usually it takes me, like, a day or two. <laughs> yeah, like, at least... At like longest a week of just like taking my time, mm. like two weeks. I just like didn't play it some days. I'm like, oh, you know, I can't really can't be, be bothered. Can't be bothered. Yeah, it just didn't grab me. There was a lot of cool Pokemon designs and stuff like that, but the amount of hand holding in that game and actually time, actual time spent playing the game was so minimal that it was almost embarrassing. And that's you know really concerning overall. I like um I like the legendaries fair like fine enough. Um the Tapus are alright. You know, um, the selection of Pokemon wasn't too bad, um, but it just, it didn't really do anything. Nothing, nothing too special or unique. Um, it did the gym challenges. Uh, well, I suppose the, whatever you want to call them, they were, um, the trials, the trials. Yeah. They were fun. Um, something different as well. And totem, nice. and totem Pokemon being involved was a, a good way to make like shift things up and keep them challenging and yeah, you know stuff like that. And that was great. Um, but it all it all culminated to the same thing in the end anyway. So why did it ever matter? You know, it was still a Pokemon League at the end. There were still four trainers to fight in that Pokemon League, and there was yeah. still a champion to fight. Yeah, it, it was a cool story about like they were just building the Pokemon League. It was just becoming a thing. Um, in so, Alola. So that, that, yeah. yeah, that was a cool story beat. 
It was, but, you know, it, it just felt so weird coming off of trials where they were so ingrained in, like, the culture of Alola and its denizens to basically turn it into a gym challenge at the end of it. Like, I felt like they could have done something with the totem Pokemon at the end of it and, you know, something along the lines of that. Um, the Aether Foundation um, as villains and Team Skull, I will say that Team Skull is one of the best villain sets they've ever made. Um Second only to Neoplasma, just saying. Um, what about Team Rocket? Yeah, Team Rocket can... Blast off. Yeah, blast off. <laughs> I, like, I like Team Rocket for nostalgia purposes, but realistically they achieved absolutely nothing. And yeah, but, um, uh, you know, Team Skull was great for comedic purposes. I think I don't think anybody really hates Team Skull. I think they're great. I think it's awesome how they have an, a whole overrun town. I think that's mm. I think that's great. I think that's a great story beat. Um and the Aether Foundation being evil in the end was a real cop out. Um Lucimine being the person she is was kind of a uh, she's like, Oh no, an ultra beast stole my husband. Meanwhile, you're spending the time on her husband's fucking island, like feeding your Pokemon beans and like whatever, it's just like feeding them beans. He was there the whole time. It's like that's her husband. It's like he's even got their, he's even got Lily and Gladian's fucking hair, dude. That's that's her husband. I'm f- I'm feeding fucking Pokemon beans on his island. Loose me, he's over here. He's on this island, and then it's just like, where's my husband? I need a jellyfish alien to, oh, save my husband. And yeah, and then it just kind of got weird. And then Naya Lego having this entire team of. Half totem Pokemon, I guess, was like strange, and they never, and it had the worst ending. <laughs> I could complain about that ending all day. Don't do it all day, mate. <laughs> Don't do it all day. I really, they really set themselves up for like a, and this is what kind of made me excited about it is they really set themselves up for a black two, white two thing. Oh yeah, where they were like Lily was like, I'm going to go off to the Kanto region and you know try to find a way to help cure cure mum and. It's like, cool, good on you, Lily. All right. Good job. I actually don't mind you as a character, so that's cool. And I would like to see that happen. It never did. They just rehashed Sun and Moon and put Rainbow Rocket at the end and fucking Ultra Portals or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. So I guess um, really that that's why we'll say going to the Sword and Shield just like when like the national deck stuff dropped. <laughs> it was like, you know, we, we, we went through X and Y, Omega Ruby, Alpha Sapphire were... Fine, but they were fine. They were okay, you know. Um, Sun and Moon, the most important they feature great. they should have had. And then, like the year after, they just rehash it with a remix. And then to find out that you know they're cutting stuff from the games, like oh my god, <laughs> that's that's. I think that's where the Pokemon community just sort of sort of spat it. Really, didn't they? Like, some people, yeah. some people did it in ways that are not okay. But a lot of people were just like, you know, I've had enough. I want this series to improve. It was doing so well in Generation Five. What the f- it happened. They went 3D. Took uh, longer to make assets and stuff. That's what happened. Hire more people. I've said this yeah. on the podcast so many fucking times now. Just hire more people, guys. All right? Just just do it. Just hire more people. You've got the money. You can make a Gen 5 game with 3D models and assets very, very easily if you just hired a few more people. You know? It would be so much better. But anyway, that aside, you know, like... So where do you, where do you sit at the moment with Sword and Shield? I'm I'm good with Sword and Shield. 
you know what? Um, yeah, it, it sucks that we still can't obtain every Pokemon. And I managed to get all my favorites in there eventually, which was awesome because I don't know where I'd be if they were missing. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it is it is sort of more of a case of like, I wasn't liking how it was looking at the start. They came out, played them, enjoyed them well enough, actually finished the Pokedex, which is something I never do in Pokemon games because I can never be bothered. Um, too much work. Oh, too it's much work for you, mate. Too much, too much fluffing around. And yeah. Bryce doesn't like fluffing around. I don't like fluffing. He's so, either getting in there or he's getting out. No fluffing I'm about. Fluffing about. Um, and you know, with the what they wanted to do, you know, sort of going forward and putting in DLC, fantastic idea, and it should be the model from Pokemon from now on. As cooler as the third versions are, and with them sort of introducing aspects and stuff like that. Um, unless you're going to do like a full-blown sequel like Black Black 2, White 2, in my opinion, you don't need it. No. And DLC is a much more valuable use of resources, time, and consumers' money um, to get new content added to the game and um, sort of actually do something that's more worth your time rather than going through the same thing with slight story quirks, which has been the like mainstay thing of Pokemon for such a long time at this point. Um, but, you know, while the Isle of Armor was a little bit of weak, it still gave us something new to do. And it was right in our faces. Like we didn't have to go all the way through the game to unlock it. You could play it at any time. Um, and that was good. You had the uh, new mega raids with the new mega evolutions and an ability to sort of, you know, make your Pokemon vi- uh, Gigantamaxable. I almost said VMAX. You're playing too many training cards, man. <laughs> um, and then the Tundra was much more of a fleshed-out experience, and you've got all the legendary Pokemon there, and it adds possible infinite replayability. Um, well, not replayability, I, I suppose. I wouldn't. I wouldn't ever replay it just the way just, I'm playing. Just it. playability. Playability yeah. lengthens the playability. That's right. Like it does. Mm. To you, I don't know. Like max raid battles and stuff like that. I, I hunt for shiny legendaries and I don't catch them otherwise because I know every single legendary Pokemon in the game except for the stupid Galarian birds can be shiny. So that's how I'll hunt. That's how I'll hunt them to uh, elongate my time with the game uh, until it's no longer needed. And if I don't achieve my goal by then, well, oh well. I can always go back and do max raid battles. And that's the one thing that's going to keep the game alive for me. Um, and to be completely honest with you, like it's taken its time and it, it was never perfect in the beginning. And it's, um, it, I don't think it was ever destined to be perfect being the first switch game, but it's definitely improved along the way. And I think they've learned a lot of lessons from this. And I think they can definitely learn a lot more if they do things correctly. They need to understand that like, you know, as time has gone on, uh, we were saying before how like Gen 5 was sort of aimed towards older fans. A lot of those fans back then that were young and still playing those games are also now getting older because that was, Jesus, how long ago now? It's coming up 10 years. I think yeah. uh, Black and White was 2011. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's this year, 10 years ago. Yeah, like they have to realize that 10 years ago, those those kids where you were like, oh, this game isn't aimed at you. They they are now adults and they, w- they will probably want something like that. 
you know, going forward, they want something more out of their Pokemon game. Yeah, well, it's so like um, Metadox, our friend in the Discord, uh, he says that, like, his first games were Pokemon Black and White. And I don't know how old he was when we had were having that conversation. He might have been 15 or something. Mm-hmm. So you can only you can only imagine, like, you know, he, I think he turned 18 this year. So it's just like, you know, those fans are getting older to the point where they're you know, getting their first job, they're spending money on the games, they're buying more shit as you can see here <laughs> yeah and that's right yeah <laughs> like to do with pokemon and the cycle just keeps going so um and th- there's a lot of competition in sort of video games too like yeah people falling off to go to destiny or some other sort of grind fest video yeah. game yeah that's right yeah um so they need to try and just satisfy both audiences somehow i, I, well, understand, I understand that's that can be hard but Especially now that they're putting a lot of focus on competitive Pokemon as well, but they've managed to strike a really good balance between having actual PVE and end game content with max rated battles, which and the you know the uh, Dynamax adventures. Don't ever get rid of them. Try and find a way to shoehorn them in because they're really good. Like, yeah, it's fantastic for the rest of the series. Like they're never going to get boring. Mm. Personally, like I I always pick it up to play one every now and then. Yeah, because introducing PVE is just what the Pokemon series needed. Yeah. Because so, a lot of people are like, you know, I don't want to complete my Pokedex and I can't be bothered battling or training. Mm. So what do I do? Nothing. Okay. But they also fixed up the PvP too, which was um, awesome. And they've done a really good job at implementing an actual ranking system and stuff like that. And that's where the Sword and Shield games really shine is the the moment to moment of like PvE and PvP gameplay where they do actually sort of keep a log on like what is actually improving people's experience. Yeah. And like, yeah. And like the seasons are changing each time as well. That's right. Like yeah. at the current season they're going to be introducing allows you to have one legendary Pokemon mm-hmm. on the team and then it will change again. So you can't use them anymore or uh, the next yeah. season might even just be only legendary Pokemon. Yeah. But so it just changes up the meta game all the time. If you're going to focus on that, like Aiming for people for, for kids that are five years old, they're not going to get that enjoyment out of it. So it is wasted resources. Well, some do, not all of them though. <laughs> no, definitely not all of them. When you're yeah. talking about a demographic, like ninety percent of kids at the age of five probably wouldn't even think about it. Yeah, I, I just loved watching it last year. The um the championship game here in Australia it was in Melbourne, and uh, one of the semi finalists was like a little girl, and it was just phenomenal watching her go up and mm. beat some i can't remember how old they were it might have been another kid even i'm not sure but just watch just watching that type of strategy from someone so young it's just yeah. awesome to see yeah yeah well end of the <laughs> end of the story on that one i suppose is that um I'll be looking forward to gen 5 remakes when they eventually get to them if they ever get to them because they will. I would love to see. They will. <laughs> I, w- I would love to see that that done all over again because that story was targeted towards our age group, and uh, you know, I think I think that's awesome, and I'd love to see it again. But I know they're never going to do it again. So he's hoping. Yeah. So a lot of nostalgia there for you. Hit a r- rough spot there for a few years. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're back on the train again. Yeah, I've never I've never stopped loving Pokemon, but unfortunately, yeah. yeah, there is there is always those little hitches in the road that have sort of really harmed my perspective and view on Pokemon in especially during, you know, X, Y and Sun and Moon was it was not a great transition into 3D at all. Um, and even even today, like I still think I'd be happy for them to go back to sprites and just build an incredible game. Yeah. So I um 
obviously they've shown sort of uh, that they, they're happy making different types of games at Game Freak, whether it's the Let's Go, like it's only one game, but that could potentially be a series. You've got the mainline Pokemon games that have been going since 1996. Mm-hmm. Um, what about if they did like a they'd span off a third team at Game Freak and made like sprite-based Pokemon games that are a bit shorter or something and sold them? It could be pretty cool. Yeah. Just about, okay, this is a Pokemon Sprite. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> this is Pokemon Sprite and Pokemon Coke. Yeah, sure. <laughs> anyway, Bryce, enough uh, of your Pokemon history. It's nice to hear about it, though. Mm. Yes. And uh, I could talk. Let's, uh, let's talk about some news, Bryce. We're going to get through this nice and quickly. And while we're talking about this, Let's try and think of something for Reggie's rec room. We've got to get there. We're sort of neglecting poor Reggie, so we've got to make sure we get there, Ronnie. Rocky's rock room. Sure, sure. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Yeah! Is that all? My phone for my friends. Woo-hoo! My body is still I have a tumor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just tired, all right? <laughs> Had a long day at work. That's a sad announcement. Oh, <laughs> okay. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> oh, so uh, there's been a brand new Monster Hunter Rise limited edition Nintendo Switch that got announced by, uh, at first, uh, Nintendo Japan, but Nintendo Australia, Nintendo UK, Nintendo America, Nintendo Icelandic uh, <laughs> all came out and uh, announced it, but it's coming locally here. So basically, it comes with a, a nice sort of pattern on the back, kind of a decal, as you'll call it, with grey uh, Joy-Cons with also on the back. And it comes with a, a digital code for the game mm. with the deluxe edition as well. And also alongside that, it, uh, there is a pro controller with a... a very beautiful design. Mm, very nice. So I saw on Twitter, Bryce, you said that if you're going to get a limited edition Switch... This would be the one. This would be the one you would pick up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a very, that is a very pretty Switch. Yeah, it's nice. And that Pro Controller is also extremely pretty. And I'm, I can't say I'll shelve out for the whole Switch. And the only reason for that is, is because if there is a Pro coming, that's what I want. Um, And if I could get this one and trade in my old Switch, I would. But I can't because I've just fixed it up and it's got a new backplate on it. So, for me to trade it in, which would bring the cost down, I think it was two ninety nine, something like that. I would get it, but unfortunately, I've now fixed my switch. So <laughs> you fixed it. Internal screaming ensues. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's fine. Um, I'll I'll give it a miss. But I'm I'm very sad that I have to because it is a very very pretty switch. It and is. Yeah. I I think you know it's it's definitely one of the best they've ever done. Um, the controller though, the pro controller, I think I'll at least try and pick up one of them. That is an absolutely beautiful pro controller. I love it. And I don't have a limited edition pro controller yet. And that is the one I want. Yep. I'm on, I'm on the same boat as, mm. as they say, uh, I've been wanting to get sort of like a limited edition pro controller for a while. Um, just so I've got two of them so I can actually play like smash bros and whatever when people come over Yeah, and, uh, while I really do like, say, the Mario um, limited edition Switch and this one as well, just like none of them are like super amazing. Mm. Like I think uh, the only company that have really nailed uh, limited edition consoles, um, uh, well, actually Nintendo's nailed them with the handhelds with the 2DS and that they did some phenomenal Pokemon and Zelda ones. 
But really, it's been the Xboxes that have done really nice mm, looking yeah. control, uh, not controls, uh, consoles. consoles. Yeah, yeah, just like e- even way back in the day when the Xbox 360, oh, even with the original Xbox, but the, the one that stands out is the Star Wars Xbox 360, mm. R2, D2 one, which is all gold and that just looks stunning. But even Sony on well, with the PS4, it's been like a lot of just like stickers slapped on them and stuff like that. Like yeah. just, and it's kind of the same with the Switch. Like there's no color differences. There's no different. It's like you, you could get those stickers and chuck them on if you had the right sizes and everything. Mm. That's the only disappointment I've got. But definitely if you're a Monster Hunter fan and you don't have a Switch or you're looking to upgrade your battery or whatever the circumstance is, this looks really nice. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That is a damn beautiful console. And I wish I had the money to just go boop. Yeah, give it to me. Um, <laughs> Ship it to me, boys. But yeah, to buy it, the RRP, the RRP I think was like five hundred and fifty dollars or something like that because it comes with the game. Um, and to drag that down to two ninety nine for maybe games, I think is a pretty generous little offer. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, yeah. I'm just going to look up the uh, the retail price maybe games just while we're here, just so we make sure we get the right one. I'm pretty sure it's five forty nine. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's something along the lines of that because it includes the game, so it wouldn't have to be about yeah. that. Where is Switch? It's up the very top. Yeah, it's up the top. It has been for a long time, man. Where it should be, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah 570, so 569. Oh, shit, even worse. Yeah. So it's a fair bit more, yeah. $100 more. Yeah, because it's interesting because the Mario Limited Edition um, Switch, it comes with a case. It doesn't come with a game, so but it does come with something extra than a normal Switch, but it still retails at... Uh, four sixty nine, so it's still the same retail price. Yeah, but that comes with the game. Yeah, which is a big difference. But the digital edition, oh, so the deluxe edition as well. So yes, yeah, which is why it's that much, mm. and that's unfortunate, really. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. I want it though. I want it. It's such <laughs> a nice console. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm just jumping in sort of this news section because there's been some breaking news as far as Nintendo's financial data. Uh, they've just updated the data for their sales on their software and their hardware. And, you know, I'm really interested in this type of stuff. So it doesn't really matter that Bryce isn't here. You know, he doesn't he doesn't care about this stuff. And, you know, I just find it's interesting anyway. It's interesting to know where Nintendo's at and where, you know, some of their series are selling the, the best. And I think it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. So let's jump into it. So... Nintendo Switch has now sold 79.87 million units. It has officially outsold the 3DS that is currently still at 75.94 million units. So the Switch has now overtaken, you know, one of Nintendo's best-selling pieces of hardware. I know the DS and the the Game Boy Advance and, you know, stuff has gone a lot better in the past. But regardless, it's a big milestone for the Nintendo Switch to sort of overcome. So really cool stuff. And another um, bit of data that's really interesting as well, the Nintendo Switch Lite uh, by itself has sold 13.5 million units. And uh, just to compare it to the Wii U, the Wii U has sold 13.56 million units. So it's just a few thousand units away from outselling the Wii U just by itself, just this standalone random model of the Switch that isn't even necessary, I guess, the, the main one or the most popular one, uh, which is, uh, you know, when they first sort of uh, announced the Switch Lite, we kind of did expect it to be the more popular one just because it's the cheaper and, you know, you think it might have been the more sort of uh, accessible one, but it didn't seem to be the case. The Switch is still the more popular version than the Switch Lite. So that's pretty cool stuff. But uh, going to the sales data, so... I think a lot of us who were following Nintendo closely are like, 
Where is Animal Crossing going to end up on this list? Is it going to overtake Mario Kart 8? And uh, we'll find out. But we'll start from the very bottom. So New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe is at 9.82 million units. Splatoon 2 is at 11.90 million units. Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee as, is at 13 million units. So that has, you know, still selling quite a bit. Uh, Super uh, Super Mario Party is at 13.82 million units. Super Mario Odyssey is at 20.23 million units, so it's hit the 20 million mark. And uh, just above that is Pokemon Sword and Shield at uh, 20.35 million units. Breath of the Wild is at 21.45 million units. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is at 22.85 million units. And uh, number two, has Animal Crossing overtaken Mario Kart 8 Deluxe as the best-selling game on Switch? No, no, it has not. Uh, Animal Crossing <laughs> New Horizons is at 31.18 million units. So that's under 12 months on the market. That's, this isn't like, that is mind blowing. I know every single time Nintendo up, I update their financials and it's like, wow, this game is absolutely killing it. But just in perspective, like 31 million units, it's just absolutely unreal. And Mario Kart 8 Deluxe still reigns supreme at 33.4. 1 million units. So we've got some uh, pretty interesting facts here from Daniel Ahmad on uh, Twitter. Uh, I had it right here. Oh, it's gone. Got to go and find it, everyone. Sorry about that. But uh, he compares it to other consoles on the market for like this uh, a similar time frame. So he says the Nintendo Switch has sold uh, 7.9, uh, 79.87 million units after 40 six months on the market. Uh, here is how it compares to other consoles when they launched aligned uh, in the same time frame. The PlayStation 4 was around 67 million and the PS2 was around uh, 79.5 million. The, the Wii was just under 75 million. Now, obviously, uh, the fact that it's outselling, um, I guess, the PlayStation 2 especially is just amazing the thing with the playstation 2 though is it had a really long tail on it games were coming out 10 12 years after that console launched so th there won't be a console ever again that will sort of have those legs the playstation 2 had the playstation 2 just stuck around because of the dvd player and just the massive install base you know just games just kept coming out uh, nintendo's not going to have that with the switch and uh it was the same with the wii the wii didn't have those legs either it sort of petered out once it get, got to that 101 million but uh, I think the PlayStation 4 is something you can compare it to a bit more closely. Um, he does go on to say that it should be noted that the Switch launched in March while the other consoles launched around November. So November was when the PlayStation 4 came out in 2013. So there is a, a few more months uh, in in the year where it can sort of you know, get its name out there. And by the time Christmas comes around, everyone's like, yes, I want the I want the Nintendo Switch. But uh, yeah, just uh, sort of amazing results for Nintendo. Anyway, guys, uh, back to the show. Um, just uh, a bit of an update for Animal Crossing New Horizons. It's been updated to version 1.70. And uh, it brings... What does it bring, Bryce? I haven't played Animal Crossing a little bit, so oh, no, I'm, no idea. I'm way out of touch with a lot of this stuff. But it... Uh, it so brings things. It adds more seasonal events. So Festival, uh, a Pave the Dancer arrives. Try collecting different colored feathers and give them to Pav to enjoy uh, enjoy a passionate dance as a, <laughs> a, a passionate a passionate dance as a reward hell yeah i'm going to collect all those 
The patch notes aren't selling me, Nintendo, <laughs> to make me come back. I don't want a passionate dance by a bird for collecting your feathers. Ooh, I like that sound. That sounded pretty bird-like. Do it again. So you can't do it. You can't do a bird sound. <laughs> well, it's good. Uh, adds various carnival-themed items available for purchase at uh, Nook's Cranny from February 1st. Adds various items related to uh, Set Sarban. Uh, so in brackets, a bean tossing kit. <laughs> Fucking, you're not selling me. I'm not coming back for a bean tossing kit. What is a bean tossing kit? Don't know. There's, people, there's, there's hardcore Animal Crossing fans like, dude, you got to get back for the fucking bean tossing kit. I'm sure. Yeah. Got to toss those beans in Animal Crossing. Holy shit. Uh, adds various items related to several holidays, including new, uh, Lunar New Year. Um, adds Maraca, adds Maraca's item available as a bonus for updating to version 0.70. Wow. So you get Maraca's, Bryce. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Won't stop me spamming my ocarina, but thanks. Yeah, so if you get maracas and you can play them online, you can just like shake them all the time. Now, that's a reason to get back. All you have to do is a upda- I, update as well. So I, I just follow people around and toot my ocarina. That's all I give a shit about. That's all you give a shit about? That's all I give a shit about. Just in general? Yes. Fair enough, man. That's fair enough. <laughs> You're like, I am the hero of time. That's right. All right, so, bro, so moving on, this is just a quick one for uh, some elite Pokemon 25th anniversary Happy Meals. I know that's really exciting stuff. We are literally scraping the bottom of the barrel this week, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, So if you go to McDonald's and you get a Happy Meal uh, during February, you might get some of the the following things. So you might get a Pokemon trading card uh, game case, which is just basically you can put your cards in there. Um, You can get some sticker sets which include a lot of the starter Pokemon throughout the generations, you could get a frame. It just says here, it just says frame your favorite. So I don't know if that's a frame for a card or you literally just get a frame with your favorite Pokemon in it, which is Pikachu by the look of this. Why don't we get any of the cool promo stuff like the promo Pikachus and all that shit? So I'm not sure if you can actually get cards from here either. And uh, you can get uh, more stickers, so... Very, very cool stuff. If you go to McDonald's, you're like, tell you what, I'm going to buy a cheeky little Happy Meal. Not for my kid, not for my uh, little friend here, but for myself. For me. So I can get these goddamn Pokemon card holders. So, just wonderful stuff. Just Mm. wonderful stuff. Mm. Here at the House of Murray, we bring you the hard-hitting news. We really do. We do. And uh, this is, I guess, a bit more of a... Well, not really more of a serious one, but a bit more of a dry one. It just goes over the uh, sort of um, Australian developer revenue raise in 2020. So this is from this is an article from GamesIndustry.biz, and the title is uh, Australian Developer Revenue Raises uh, 29% to $140 million US dollars. It's not Australian. Uh, so the article reads, Australian game studios generated uh, $184.6 million Australian dollars in the past year. That's an increase of 29% compared to the previous year, with uh, 87% of this revenue generated overseas. So goddamn Australians, buy some more video games. Because that's only 13% made from us. That's right. God damn it. That's right. Bryce, buy some more video games, you tight ass. Uh, uh, what do I do? Uh, oh. I guess I'll buy video games. Go to EB Games and buy the Monster Hunter. <laughs> that's really, that's supporting Australian devs. 
buy a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> <laughs> Made in Taiwan. And <laughs> um, so, continuing on. Uh, the figures come f- uh, from the new industry survey by a local trade body of Interactive Games and Entertainment Association, which questions staff at uh, 97 studios and encompasses... F- encompasses financial year data from July 1st, 2019 to June 30th, 2020. The survey found that there were more than 1,245 full-time development staff in Australia, 70% of which are female, 17 identified as female, while 3% were trans, non-binary or gender diverse. Um, Many of the nation's uh, developer studios are... Uh, re- relatively relatively young uh, with uh, 51% only founded in the last five years. 29% were between six and 10 years old. What? With only one in five operating for more than a decade. So, yeah, sorry, what? It's so young. Uh, these studio studios develop <laughs> for a range of platforms with 48 reporting that they work on titles for PC, Mac, 44% on mobile games and 33% on console titles. 78% of developers own original IP. The survey also covered concerns around the coronavirus pandemic uh, with most studios displaying an optimistic attitude towards the future. Uh, 76 expect uh, their revenue to remain stable or increase despite the impact of COVID-19. And the same amount say that they have not had a had to make redundancies. Uh, uh, <laughs> 61% are confident their business will not shut down in the near future. However, 18% have serious concerns about the year ahead, uh, while 14% reportedly reported uh, reduced access to finance. Well, the year uh, last year, an IGEA report revealed the Australian games industry overall brought in uh, $3 billion in 2019. Ooh. So, a lot of so, relatively good news for the Australian games industry. Yes, it is. It would just be interesting to bring up because it is our own backyard. It's good to know that everyone's going well. Indeed. So, yeah. Bryce, are you ready for some red coin recommendations? Sure. Sure. You can do that. What button was it? I think it was this one. Oh, excellent. All right, Pro Bryce, we've got three recommendations of this week. Let me find them. Let me find them on my iPad. God, they could be anywhere. No, they could be. It's only such a thin thing, but no, I found them, everyone. So the first one is a Cyber Shadow. Cyber Shadow is $30 on the eShop and it's published by. Yacht Games. Yacht. What? (laughs) Yacht. (laughs) So the little blurb reads, uh, The world has been taken over by the evil Dr. Progen and his uh, merciless synthetic army. Uh, A desperate plea for help sets Shadow, the sole survivor of his clan, on one of the last mission to uncover what started the path to uh, ruin. Your robotic companion, L. Gion, is your only guide throughout the ruins of Bacass City. Uh, how far will, how far can you unlock these secrets to your clan's ancient powers? Hurry before you run out of time. The road to redemption awaits the Cyber Shadow. This quit, uh, quintessential ninja action game. So, 
I've been playing this. It was on... It's actually available on Xbox Game Pass. So I was actually pretty keen to pick this up anyway. Uh, but when I saw it was on Game Pass, I'm like, fantastic, downloaded it. <laughs> Played it for a couple of uh, hours, and it's just really good. It's absolutely excellent. It's just a really cool throwback to, obviously, um, older games like Ninja Gaiden and that. Um, pretty difficult, but I got, got to like the second sort of area and find myself struggling a little bit just with uh, getting through, but it just lightning quick, respawns you. The checkpoints are relatively generous with how you get through it, so really enjoying it. I'm probably going to see it through to its end on Xbox. Really great. That's good. Definitely re- recommend picking it up, but obviously, if you have Game Pass on your PC or Xbox... It's free. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you want to play on a handheld mode, definitely worth the 30 bucks. Yeah. Definitely worth the 30 bucks. Wicked. All right. So what I want to do, Bryce, I'm going to have a bit of a sip of my drink. Stop talking for a little bit. And uh, I'm going to get you to pick out a game. So we're actually using Vooks.net. They've done an absolutely fantastic job of compiling all of the, the games that have come out over the last uh, week. So, Bryce, you're going to pick a random one. Mm-hmm. You can pick something that interests you. You can pick something that just sounds funny. It doesn't really matter. Just pick something. Actually, the... F- didn't take me far, but I'm going to talk briefly about Atelier uh, Reza too. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Look at that. Okay. So, um, I will read some stuff here. <laughs> I will uh, read it. Um, so, they've like structured this like they're really trying to sell it to you, but... Uh, even if my strength is lost, I will leave, I'll always be by your side. The story takes place three years after the events of the previous game, Atelier Reza, Ever Darkness, and The Secret Hideout, and depicts the reunion of Reza and her friends who go through new encounter, encounters and goodbyes to discover a true priceless treasure. Uh, three years have passed since Re- uh, Reza's secret grand adventure on Kirken Island. Reza, the only member of her group to remain on the island, receives a letter from her friend telling her about ruins that may be related to alchemy along with a mysterious request involving a glowing stone. This inspires her to leave the island and venture out to the royal capital, Ashram, uh, Ashra Arm Baird. However, Reza is unaware that this will lead to the beginning of an imaginative new adventure involving a pursuit of the mysteries of the ruins surrounding the royal capital and meeting with a strange creature that will change her life. Um, there's... Don't read it though. There's no. a lot there. Ex- <laughs> no, no, no. Exploring with new field actions, more action-filled real-time battles, and straightforward and easy-to-use synthesis. Yeah. So like, going through the eShop, this game really stood out to me. I didn't play the first game, but um, I went back and added the first game to my wish list when I was looking at this. And uh, basically, it's, it's an RPG, um, a JRPG, sort of as you would expect, with um, anime-looking aesthetic and all that. But what sort of really grabbed me, and especially when I went and had a look at reviews for the game is uh, this game is basically, it's a JRPG story, but it's not like a end-of-the-world type of thing. It's very much like a, a small group of people and they're, they're going through their own trials and tribulations type of thing, but it's not like we've got to go and get the Chaos Emeralds to stop Dr. Robotnik from taking over not the world. the Chaos Emeralds. Oh, God. No, Sonic. Um, <laughs> what's Sonic saying his own name? Uh, <laughs> but it, it just seems like a really sort of nice laid-back type of JRPG. I know, I know like it's probably not like that throughout the whole thing, but I'm I'm keen to get this when it's on sale. So the reason I wanted to talk about this, yeah, is because before we were doing this podcast and we were sort of only really dipping our hands and toes into content creation. We was given a code for Atelier Sophie. You were. Mm. 
back when we were doing uh, write-ups for oh, I remember another that. castle. Ah, yes, I remember what you said about it too. <laughs> and I was, I it was, it was horrid. I didn't enjoy it. But that being said, um, I was a very different person back then when it came to video games. I felt personally like it wasn't a very strong JRPG, and I've never heard much about Atelier Sophie since. Yeah, it, it, like it seems like these. Um, I always hear about Reza or mm. um, th- there's a few other. The names escape my mind at the moment, but I always hear about those ones. Never hear about Sophie. So I have a feeling maybe I just played one that was. Bleh. It sounded like they were pretty mediocre, but it seems like at least with the the Reza games, like it's taken like a pretty great turn. Yeah, yeah. Like Apparently, the, this is good. Yeah, like uh, the first game in the Reza series had great reviews and this one seems to have really great reviews as well. Mm. Uh, I don't want to uh, necessarily say this is exactly what he gave it, but I believe Dash reviewed the game and gave it a 9 out of 10. So, you know, he plays a lot of JPGs and that, so that's uh, that's sort of great um, praise mm. from him as well. So, mm. no, I'm looking forward to getting it. It's, it's uh, Both of the games are currently $90 on the eShop. So it's too much for me to be like, oh yeah, I'll give this a go, type of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely on my wish. They're both on my wish list, waiting for a sale to jump into. Yeah. 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 Um, I will. I'd, I'd be happy to give it a go again because I'm. I'm a JRPG guy. I enjoy my JRPGs. Yeah. I just remember my experience with Sophie was so incredibly boring, and I, I just did not enjoy it at all. Were Were they sort of more focused on? Like, you know, boobies and stuff. That was... No. That wasn't them? No. 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 They were boring because um, the combat system was extremely simple and mediocre. And um, the collection aspect and the alchemy aspect was just all over the place. And didn't really explain itself very well, at least in Sophie. Like, at all. And it just led me to get to the point where I'm just like, what am I doing? I'm just like literally going out, grinding and farming a few areas for materials, coming back, crafting things, and then I'm doing the same thing again. Mm. It just, it was a constant meh. Like, I didn't really care. There was, and the story was not dragging me. And it's like, oh, what's this? Oh, it's a talking grimoire. Cool. I guess. And I, <laughs> like, it did not go far. It did not go far at all. I played it for like six hours before I was just like, I'm not sure I could play this. Honestly, I am that bored and I want to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, but the, the, like I said, it's interesting to me because I have not heard anything about it um, but praise. Um, but when I look at Atelier games, I never hear about Sophie. So I have a feeling I just played a dud. So I would like to give it a go. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I would too. Definitely, yeah. uh, it's definitely on the wish list, the, the very long wish list. <laughs> so I clicked on a random game to make up the third game. Uh, so I've clicked on randomly Royal Tower Defense. And oh that, right, and that sounds like a banger. Uh, so they say lands of orcs have expanded in the last few decades and defined uh, new borders, new borders which are dangerously close to us. Who are us? I don't know. And it goes on to say, orcs are depleted resources on their lands, and it's only a matter of time before they try to put their hands on our kingdom. Uh, diplomats were already sent to peaceful, uh, peacefully ask orcs to back off, but, but they never returned. The sign was clear. There was no place for negotiations. 
So these are the dot points, Bryce. Uh, I'm going to ask you at the end, are you sold on this game? Are you going to pick up pick it up for $8.99? I'm not sold on any Tower Defense game, really. Ooh, Sorry, it's not my genre. I reckon, I reckon this might sell you on this, Bryce. I reckon I might sell the, the audience on it too. It's not my genre. I reckon I might sell this game to everyone. Everyone. Uh, so here we go. So eight specialized tower upgrades with unique abilities. Oh, 20 challenging levels requiring different strategies. Oh, long battles which hook you for hours. Uh, not for hours, mate. I've got limited time. It's tower defense. <laughs> hook you for hours. How's it going to hook you for hours? It's tower defense. You put down towers and then they do the work for you. For hours. They do it for hours, though. <laughs> uh, enemies evolving uh, with the game progress. Well, there you go. That's good game design. See? Uh, beautiful uh, really fantasy world with relaxing music. I love that. I love that dot point, actually. Enemies evolving with the game progress. That's like... That is a video game. <laughs> if, if, if the enemies, that is a video game. If the enemies didn't evolve with the progress the player is making... Then what would I do? You're just like... Imagine like you're playing World of Warcraft or something, just like still killing pigs, you're like level 120. Yeah, they like, did that on South Park. They did. They had to grind it because they had to kill the the big dude, the big man, the sweaty man. They had to kill the sweaty man, and he was a powerful man. <laughs> the sweaty man. He was a sweaty man. Mm. All he did was sweat and sit and play the game. Oh yeah, I know. So yeah, see that's the thing. I just love clicking on random games and seeing what it's all about. And uh, what are the screenshots here? Oh, that's a nice uh, flash-looking game. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, go and pick them out. Uh, if I've got to really recommend one, I've only played one, so it's going to be <laughs> Cypher Shadow. Uh, absolutely fantastic game. Definitely go and pick it up. Mm. Published by Yacht Club Games. Yacht Club. I'm just staring at you in the eyes, Bryce. Yacht Club, they make some good games. They do. They did make some good games. Mm. That's right, they did. Yeah. Mm. Are they going to make another one though? Or oh, they're just probably. Gonna, or they're just going to sit on Shovel Knight? And, uh, maybe the Yacht Club's full because of coronavirus, so it's possible maybe not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Social distancing. Hi, Nintendo fans. Reggie here. So we're at Reggie's Rec Room, bros. Thank you for your never-ending support. Better let Reggie talk, actually. For giving me a mushroom kingdom full of incredible memories that I will never forget. Hello, Rocky. Ever. Okay, so why are you calling Reggie Rocky? Roggy. Ro- Roggy. Why Roggy? Roggy Fowls. How much of that can have you drunk? Roggy Fowlsim. There you go. I'm saying his name right. Shut up. I've, I've drunk nearly all of it, but I'm right. <laughs> I, just, I just think it's funny to call him Roggy, alright? Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> King of comedy. <laughs> All right. Anyway, all right. Get back to your point. I didn't have a point. We're just here. We're just here. We're just in Reggie's rec room. I feel mm. bad for not coming here. Uh, I mean, I guess so. You don't really care. You don't <laughs> care. You don't care about Roggy, do you? I do care about Roggy. But I tell you what. Let's say we give ourselves five minutes from now. She sits at home feeding the baby. She's all alone. <laughs> Um, and just, I, w- I want to talk about the stuff that has been coming out for Pokemon Snap real quick. Okay. Have you been Have you been paying much attention? Yeah, enough attention. Like I think, um, you know, they they talked about the fluff fruit 
or whatever today. I noticed as I pulled out of work, I, I was checking my Twitter before I, I drove off. I'm like, oh yes, they're talking about you know the fruit that you throw, throw at the Pokemon and stuff like that. Um, and I was just thinking about you know past experiences with the old Pokemon staff and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm I think that's the thing I'm most excited about is throwing fruit or whatever at Pokemon and then seeing what happens as a result. Like, you used to be able to throw an apple at a Charmander's head and you'd turn into a Charizard. That was exciting. You know, that was cool. Yeah, it's cool just interacting with the world and see what it does. Which I think is what is sort of interesting about Pokemon Snap. Like, you you don't think it would actually, like, persist as an idea in, like, the modern era where games are, like, a lot more flashy and a lot more exciting. But to be honest... Snap is such a chill experience, and I like that they're dulling out little bits of information, but I can also relate back to it. It doesn't seem like they're changing a hell of a lot, which is good, because I think most people were looking for that core Snap experience. Yeah, like it's, it's a pretty simple type of game. Like, yeah, it's not hard. We to want understand. like you know the, the sort of the loop of going around trying to get everything and all that. Who will the myth- mythical Pokemon be this time at the end of it? Do you reckon? Uh... We had Mew in the first one. Yeah. Mew was the mythical Pokemon. That was the choice. The only choice. <laughs> um, don't know. All if, of them. If you had to pick one, what would it be? Um, I would pick Mew again because it was the most popular. I would think it'd probably be Jirachi. <laughs> Jirachi. I was thinking Jirachi, but I don't think Jirachi has... It's probably like one of my favorite, but it doesn't have the popularity like a Mew, Celebi. I uh, don't... Yeah, but I think... I think it's thematically, it's 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 kind of sort of up there. I think I think that it'll it'll feature like heaps of them, but like you know, you get to the end, and the at least in the first one, it was like a big Pokemon that was a big deal. What's the matter, mate? Oh, sorry, I'm just gonna pick up my piece of paper. You you talk. <laughs> I just don't I just don't want it to look like I'm just like bending down into your crush. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think there'll be plenty of like you know, <laughs> just random. Oh my god, stop talking about crotches. Um I can't help it. You know, I think I think there'll be plenty of and even like you know, legendary Pokemon, I think they'll be there, you know. I think they're kind of important to the Pokeverse at this point. It's it's sort oh, of, of a course, big yeah. deal. But there always has to be at least from most people's experiences, there has to be one on top, or at least a couple of them on top where you've gotta go through something and they're just hiding. But just imagine like that they were more akin to the series where they're stupid elusive in like the forest or something like that. Like how how good would it be if they sort of captured that more of elusiveness in this one? Because Mew in space was just a bit out there in the first one. But I would love to like be really trying hard to maybe track down three mythical Pokemon in one run. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, mm. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, I'd love to see them introduce shiny Pokemon in there too. That so too. you can like try and find them on your sort of route and stuff. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and you get extra points for taking pictures of shiny ones. And just don't make them the same chance because that's really... <laughs> yeah, you're like going through it like, oh, one in 8,000. Mm. I love it. <laughs> I love this. Great game design. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Just like we're just like, oh, let's go to Reggie's rec room. I drew. I really want to talk to you about my excitement for throwing apples in the new Pokemon game. I well, no, it. I I guess I we just haven't talked about Snap much since they started talking more, more about it. So I guess you know, just thinking back on the original Snap and how cool that game was as a kid. Like I'd love to play that again. Yeah. And 
you know, I think I think it's definitely coming to a head now where it's like we're getting more information about it as it's trickling through. Um, that being said, though, um, something we can quickly talk about is are you enjoying this trickle of information? Um, not so much because I'm not like paying like a super, I guess, super high amount of attention to it. Um, so it's you would have paid more attention to it if it were in a direct. Yeah, I would have. Exactly. <laughs> Back to that again. <laughs> I don't, well, yeah, you know, I don't want to talk about it two weeks in a row, but I am sort of just thinking about it as well. And while I'm, I'm not, you know, not enjoying the trickle of information, it's definitely better for me getting that information and knowing knowing when I need to tune in to get it, mm. which is, you know, in my busy lifestyle, and it's definitely the way to be, I feel. Yeah. Uh, like, to be honest, it's just the type of game it is too. Like, Pokemon Snap, I don't need to get information trickled to me. I'm just sort of going to be, like, the, the two weeks leading up to it, we're like, yeah, I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to it. Like, some information, I'll, like, look up stuff on the game and yeah. watch trailers, but I don't need to be, like, getting information trickled to me, like, three months before the actual game's coming out. There's still a long time. No, I, at the I, end of I agree. April. But I, I like to hear about stuff that they're changing as well and, like stuff they're introducing to sort of keep the concept fresh. Yeah. And stuff like that. Maybe some gameplay rather than just, I guess, screenshots, which is what the entire game is about. Yeah, doing. more gameplay would be great to see. Mm. Yeah, personally, that, that's what would get me excited. Like, like here's a here's a level or something like that. I guess you don't want to spoil, spoil not, not the whole thing. for you either. But, yeah, but like, just like some more animations and stuff like that and catching Pokemon in their actual environment. But, you know, they're not going to do that and they haven't really done that for a long time is, you know, display that um, unless it's been a trailer and that, yeah, it's not the same. I, I kind of like the whole, hello, I'm Michael McFan from... <laughs> Michael McFan. <laughs> Michael McFan from Sora Limited. Uh, Michael McFan, if you are listening, you are a wonderful man. That's why Bryce had you on the mind. No, look, yeah, just, you know. <laughs> just bring up a fucking real person. Well, I'd bring up a real person, yeah. But <laughs> my, my point is. He has a like, YouTube channel. Go and subscribe to it if you does he? want random content. Oh, he's, he, he's, he's just. Yeah, he. I went down a rabbit hole on Michael's YouTube channel. He posted it because I used to play drums with him at school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, he posted a, him doing a drum cover. I'm like, okay. So I went and had a look at it and he did his drum cover. I'm like, that's pretty cool. I, I enjoyed that. But he's just got some other random videos where it's just like, he's got like a series of videos like, shit I hate. <laughs> All right. Just, no, but it's, it's funny though. He's just like, yeah, I hate, you know, putting on pants and they're creased or some shit, you know, it's just like really dumb stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's a completely random tangent, but <laughs> good on you, Michael. Good on you, Michael. But yeah, yeah. No, um, <laughs> my point, my point is being is I kind of miss that, that those little social cues and that element of. I don't want to call it hand holding because it sounds. But can't, can't hold my hand. They actually feel face. like they want to sell you on the product instead of just dumping it in your face and being like, "This is the product. Buy it or get lost." You know, like it—that's what it feels like to me now. It's it's a little meh. Yeah, no, fair enough. I I agree on that stuff. But. And I th I think with Pokemon Snap, it's really starting to sort of show its brows. That's always, I, I guess, that's why it's the first thing that come to mind, is because as much as the new, like the trickle of information is good, but yeah. So Pokemon Snap's coming out in end of April. We've got a while we get to talk about, you know, yeah. different 
apple throwing mechanics and all that stuff coming in. <laughs> but uh, at, at, towards the end of this month for Pokemon Day, we are going to be getting probably new announcements for mainline games. You know, Pokemon Unite release date probably going to be at the end of this month on the same day um, as uh, sort of leaks and that have shown. Um, but do you have any sort of hopes for Pokemon Day coming at the end? <sighs> nah. You're just happy with a, a mainline game and some little nifty stuff? Some improvements to the mainline game is the main concern that I have. And like, you know, not that's again, that's not saying that Sword and Shield are bad because they're definitely stepping in the right direction. But I do feel like there could be a lot more effort put in um, and more resources and time and funding sort of put into a mainline Pokemon project to make it the, the game that people actually want and that is actually appealing to buy at first glance. Like, a lot of people are still holding their ground. They're like, I'm not supporting Sword and Shield because it has Ocarina of Time trees. Um, and they stick by that. Um, but unfortunately, by sticking by that, they're missing out on a pretty pretty decent product by the time you pay for the, for the full package. Like, better in some cases than most Pokemon games. Yeah, definitely. You yeah. know? Which is... You know, sad. It definitely still has its problems. I'm not going to say it doesn't because it does. It still has its problems, but it's not as half as bad as what Sun and Moon were with all the hand holding and the little baby man here to take take this. Do you know where Pokemon Center is? Um, and then send you, you off. Nailed there. it. Wow, that's exactly what it's like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, Bryce. I think that brings us to the uh, the end of the House of Mario episode 175. I think it does. Yeah. Mm. Time for me to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's probably like, yes, yes, go to bed, old boy. Do I go to the bed of Mario? Because <laughs> that might be a bit weird. Go to the bed of Drew. I won't be there, though. I'm just nice enough to offer my bed because I'm a good bud. <laughs> oh, I'm going to stay up late and watch say- scary movies. <laughs> such as Saw 1. Saw 2. <laughs> or Saw, Saw 3. Saw 4. Saw 5. Saw 6. Saw 7. I don't know how much they actually made. I actually, Saw think, eight. It, I actually think it is about seven or eight movies. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure. It's a lot of saws, man. Someone can let us know. Uh, okay. Oh, don't. Bryce, don't you dare prolong this. No, no, no. You keep talking. I'll keep talking. I'll wrap it up. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening to The House of Murray, episode 175. If you enjoyed the show, you can follow us on all your favorite podcast services. I Like, for example, Apple Nine. Music. Nine, nine of them. Nine. Uh, Spotify. And you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help us find new audiences and bump up that algorithm. You've got to bump up the algorithm every now and again. Yeah, thanks, boys. If you're interested in watching the show on YouTube in video form, you can find it on my YouTube channel at uh, YouTube slash iDruby. iDruby slash YouTube. Yeah, I own Very self-important now, aren't you? I'm a big boy. I own Google, apparently. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at iDruby. You can follow the show at The House of Mario. You can follow Bryce at IVRevan. That's right. Like I said at the start of the show, if you'd like to join our Discord community, there is a invite in the show notes. If you'd like to be on the podcast, talk about your Pokemon memories and that, you're more than welcome. The invite is out there. The doors are always open. That is our motto, and we stand by that. God damn it. Bryce, do you stand by that motto? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I put it on a billboard and I just camped there for weeks. It was incredible. I had to move eventually because I was told uh, it's illegal to camp in this area. But yeah, I, I, I try my best. You try your best and that's all I ask. That's all I ask. That's all I fucking ask, Bryce. <laughs> and we want to thank our Patreon producers, DJ, Sam Hay, and a brand new one, Bryce, Alex Harding. Oh, 
yeah, talking to him on um, Twitter. Really nice guy. And uh, he's going to be a guest on House of Mario Encore as well. well there Talk you about go. all his Pokemon stuff. So look forward to that in the upcoming weeks. There you go, buddy. So, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. There you go, buddy. You got yourself more guests. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for joining the crew. Absolutely. So this week's Nintendo Jukebox, where we highlight uh, artists throughout the Nintendo community, uh, is an Eevee Cypher. And it's uh, produced by uh, Video Game Remixes and a whole bunch more guests sort of singing the sort of roles as the various Eevee evolutions. And uh, it's really good. I absolutely love it. Bryce, I played it for you. Yeah. Sounds dope. Sounds dope. Sounds dope. We like it. Dope. Mm. So, guys, until next week, the doors to the House of Mario are closed. Catch you later. Bye. Oh, no, me. Still the same EV, the old one, three, three, but I've been low key, trying to level since I can't throw streets. So I'm really more than normal when I slam those beats. For generations, new evolutions brought revolutions. Now we're introducing all the brothers that together have been striving for. Cause I'm saying that the same even a final form. Pretty talk at hot on my wedding mug. Got so much drip, need a sippy cup. Pull up on these cats with the ice beam. Coming around my way, baby, serve some. Water splash on the bitch, aquafina, my drip, water gun, put the hydro pump to this mid hydraulics on the whip. I use for the rims, I'ma swerve on the hole, watch me drown when I spit. Chopping to your ligaments, I've been cracking the boat of job. Currents causing dissonance, Stacey DC, your thunder struck. Loud, I know you're listening, bringing noise, how I interrupt. Gory, gory, and oh, I'm feeling like a god. Uh, call me Smokey, you blur it like I'm a Nari. Static shot, no virtual circles, you can't harm me. Conducted it like killer, you better bring an army. Defibrillator, I will end this in a heartbeat. Already came with a flame chamber. 3k degrees, I'm burning the state of nature. I blaze it like a volcano when I turn green leaves fire red. Now that's a game changer. Heat waves coming and I'll spare no survivors. Each day sunny when I flare like a lighter. Ain't no mountain higher than the camera on me piling up your graves like I'm on fire. They're picking me over the recipe. I'm a gem, every gen like I'm on the SP. I can use some friendship. You don't want to test me. Never need a sunshot unless I'm an XT. Next me, now I see the future, but it's going to be gone fast. When I'm psyched up and deliver a strong blast. You're a copy and now you mess with the wrong cat, so I'm switching out when I hit him with baton pass. Black out on a track cause I'm a dark type. Back in with your girl, she told me that she in the dark types. Yeah, move smooth through a dark night. Synergize when I'm synchronized with the moonlight. Yeah, I got venom in my veins. Give me how I like the sun, then I might just let it spray. I ain't come to play in the shadow where I lay. Oh, you thought that you were saved, but really you was prey. Pray, 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 pray. It don't need to be odd if you're beautiful. No cat, but you know that I'll be popping off. Stepping on the scene, and I keep on winning. Call me Charlie Sheen. Grass tight, but you know that I will take you to the ground. You a coconut the way that I just put you in the mound. Oh wow, now you're out here deceased. This ain't Naruto, but don't mess with the beat. Ice trick for me, there's a vault trick. Fussy on the box, getting cake for the icing. Tell me, you're the polar opposite. Try and cover me when we go. Cause a blizzard and it's just straight overwatch. I don't own the watch, but another wrist still cold. All over the shop, like a drifting snow. Don't wait for thin, I'm gonna chip this cone. I seal the deal, but you'll still be froze. Yeah, Sylvia. Bitch, when it starts shipping, it calm your tits. I disarm your click with my aura and miss. And your trainer giving training kiss on my tip. I'm blast on the back, then I have to dip. Ghost ride the tail whip. My ribbons are lit. Yeah, got so many bows and laugh fish and thick. Baby doll eyes, make a dragon hate it and quit. Uh, not and not anticipate. No. Me to run it back this way. No. But I cannot run away. I adapt to change. I'm in all the games. When in battle, may call me cracking eggs. And I'm tackling. I'm that fox. I'm the baddest face. Check that box. Cause Evie Squad does not take no loss. <laughs>